stop for exclusive interviews. We're joined by uh, UCO head coach Nick Bowman. Coach, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. You know, the, the, the number one thing is you, we, we, we have core values that we, we believe in very much here, here at UCO. Number one is trust. We are joined by University of Central Oklahoma Safety, uh, O'Shea Harris, who was recently named second team All-American this week. O'Shea, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It shows that all the hard work I've been putting in over the last couple years finally paid off. I went from my registered freshman year feeling like I should play, but I wasn't quite ready to just work and do whatever I could. In the summertime, I was away from taking everything serious, and then it all finally paying off. I just... Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show Podcast in the Bonsquadreport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.D. Smooth. And uh, 47th straight year, the UCL Broncos has taken home the President's Cup. Although this time they did not score 82, it was just as dominant as they had a wire-to-wire 49-9 win over Northeastern State inside Dark Valley Stadium, Tahoe, Oklahoma, on Thursday night. Uh, if you tuned into the game, what you saw is the second straight dominant performance by the run game and the offensive line. So I'm going to go ahead and give what is currently being a weekly shadow here to offensive line coach Carson Green and head coach Nick Bobek because I know we talked to coach last week after the Lincoln game uh, he mentioned they had made some changes personnel and scheme-wise. Whatever the changes are is currently working. Now, you could say that, yes, these, the, the Lincoln and Northeastern State are two of the of the weaker teams in the conference, but I will respond to that by saying so was Missouri Southern and the ground game was not there. So the improvements have been noticeable. Uh, this is the second game in a row. I believe they ran for over 250 yards as a team. So again, credit is where I'm getting credit where credit is due at the offensive line and coach Carl Carson Grant. I also want to give a shout out to running backs coach Jesse Ornelas because again, his unit is uh, it proving to live up to the hype. When we, when we, when we, when we talked to Coach O, uh, he mentioned how talented that backfield was. Uh, he, he mentioned uh, what he liked in each of his his backs. And so far, his assessment is right. As a matter of fact, one of them topped 100 for the first time this season. You will see who that is when we get into the player breakdown. But I want to give him some uh, a huge uh, shout out there and give him some credit for the job that his running backs have done. And I cannot 
Neve out. Defensive line coach Sanders again for the sixth time this year. His unit it is again I beat the dead horse, but you got to understand if you were with us in 2019. You understand why I'm beating this dead horse. The 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 defensive line improvements night and day. It is refreshing. It, it is helping out a defensive unit that still has some questions in the secondary, primarily at cornerback. Uh, and and it's just, it's just it's great to watch the pass rush. They're deep. Uh, you can't tell when someone comes out, when someone comes in. And so I have to give Coach Sanders there a huge shout-out because the defensive line right now, in my opinion, is making a huge difference, able to get back there with a three- and four-man rush. I don't think UCL blitz any if if uh, if at all Thursday night because they were able to get there with just a three-man rush, and that's something that did not happen in 2019. That's something that I feel like contributed to the, to the slide of the defense from years prior. I would go ahead and get into the dominating recap now. Uh, UCO would uh, get a stop on Northeast State's open drive. They would then use a five-play, 75-yard drive, capped up by Stephon Brown. Six touchdown run of the season. A one-yard run, making it a seven-nothing. Uh, Northeastern State would then respond with a field goal off an eight-play, 32-yard drive, making seven to three. Uh, the end of the first. Second quarter, Jace Garner would open up the scoring or turn off a 12-play, 86-yard drive with four touchdowns. And then Peyton Scott, about two minutes later, would add a one-yard touchdown run, capping off a very short drive on the ensuing drive. Defensively, third down, I believe three or four. Tennessee transfer Malik Gray would deflect the ball that fell into the hands of sophomore sensation Dylan Buckhide at safety, who would run the interception back for a 37-yard touchdown, making it 28-3. And then before the half, uh, Northeastern State would find the end zone for the only time on a 20-yard pass to Mark Whelan, the stud receiver out of Haskell, uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the best receivers in the, in the conference there, uh, making it 28-9. At the half, second half belonged to UCO. Came out the gates here with Stephon Brown on 12 yard touchdown run, capping off a six play 53 yard drive at 941. Making it 35 to 9. Then late in the third, Andrew Kilo scored his second touchdown as a UCO Bronco on a five yard touchdown pass from Keats. Who made his third straight start, coming off a seven-play, 76-yard drive, giving UCO a 42-9 lead heading into the fourth, where Tucker Polly would finish it off with a one-yard run, coming off a eight-play, 48-yard drive. UCO would punt the ball just four times in this in this ball game, then maybe only once in the first half. Again, very dominating game. Uh, we're looking at the team stats here for UCO, 22 first downs, 
of 250 yards rushing and 6.3 yards of carry with five touchdowns. Again, the ground game, you add you add Stephon in there, and then even Keats uh, showing some of his some showing some of his wheels uh, has some yards in there. But again, the offensive line really was the was a difference. It, it did not matter. Uh, how many guys what Eastern State had had in the box UCO was gaining yards matter of fact I think of the 40 carries they only lost 7 yards so again that that is that is that is that's very good when teams know that you're running it and they can't stop it uh, it just demoralizes the team and so I just hope the offensive line running game can continue this trend moving forward uh, passing 172 yards one touchdown, 425 yards on the day. Uh, they had the ball for 31 minutes and 43 seconds. So again, one in time, a, pos- a, pos- a possession battle. Uh, five or ten on third downs. You kind of want that to be higher than 50 percent. One on one on four. Six or six in the red zone, all being touchdowns. That is excellent. And then um, they allowed two sacks from Northeastern State. 15 first downs. And I guess this is again a credit to the to the UCO front here on defense. They had 23K for 39 yards of 1.7 yards carry. Again, just it was an excellent game by defensive line. Uh, they used uh, 186 yards passing with two interceptions. Uh, probably, probably the best game of secondary play this season. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it, 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 let's not let's not mince words here. There's been some problems, especially in the cornerback position. Uh, they've been shuffling guys, so hopefully here, um, able to find the right lineup soon because that to me is the only not on the defense because the run defense and the pass rush is bad. I know there was only two two sacks, but Grant Elric rarely had time to to set to set his feet. It actually stepped up in the in the, in the parking and again most of that was off of three and four man rushes. Um Green State finished with 225 yards of offense, punched the ball eight times. Uh, they were they were five or fifteen on third down, so again excellent defense. Uh, they were two or two in the red zone. Like I said, they were sacked twice, and they missed their only extra point attempt. Uh, looking at the individual stats. <coughs> Uh, Keith Calhoun led way passing 15 of 21, 89 yards, one score on a 12. Donnie Bazell, who set up the opening drive touchdown on a jet sweep pass to uh, Josh Moore. It, it, it was the standard pass, as you recall, 2019. That was a staple. Uh, it was either by it was either by Zelda Fourth or former former running back Sabor Daniels. That they were both court. They were both high school quarterbacks. <coughs> Mazel went one for one, 46 yards. 
And it's Stephon Brown, three of six, 37 yards long of 17 on the ground. I want to give a shout out here to freshman running back Jace Gardner, first 100 yard game, hopefully the first of many 100 yard games. 14 carries, 100 yards, one touchdown, long of 27, 7.1 yards carry. Again, this is a guy I was confused as to his lack of recruiting interest there. Again, one of the better running backs uh, in, the, in the state. <clears throat> Dominated uh, Class 6A. Uh, uh, I mean, just, just, just absolute beast to me is the is the complete package. He gets the ball out at the backfield. Uh, he has he has a nice blend of power, balance, runs, runs low, and gets stronger as the game continues. So, like I said, hopefully this is the first of many hundred yard games for Jace Gardner. Stephon Brown nine carries, forty nine yards, two touchdowns, long of twelve, five point four yards carry. Uh, Peyton Six carries, 36 yards, one touchdown, along with 10, six yards carry. Uh, Marquise King, uh, there was a jet sweep, and then there was a swing pass that was behind a lot of scrimmage that counted as a rush. Two carries, 25 yards, along with 17, 25 yards carry. Uh, Keith Calhoun, five carries, 20 yards, along with 15, four yards of carry. Tucker Polly, two carries, 15 yards, one touchdown, along with 14, seven and a half yards a carry. Then looking at the receiving end for UCO, we have Josh Moore, five catches, 63 yards, long of 46. This is very good. Hopefully, we, we can we can get Josh Moore going more. Uh, he, was, he was pretty quiet the first three games of the season. Then he had a pretty good game last week against, against Lincoln and then again today. So hopefully here this will give Josh some confidence because he was arguably the best receiver at the end of 2019. Really had a good three, four games stretch there to close out the season. You're kind of counting on a big senior season, so hopefully this will be the spark that he he needs. Marquise King, four catches, 44 yards long, a 17. Uh, Jalen Teague, the true freshman out of Booker T, uh, three catches, 27 yards long, a 12. Dante McGee, three catches, 20 yards long, a 8. I'm glad to see him consistently getting about three catches a game uh, and if offensive line and if offensive line improves maybe he wanted to be in there to, to block as much and get more opportunities because again at 270 with the athleticism that he possesses should be a, a mismatch both linebackers and corners and then Andrew Kilo two catches 16 yards one touchdown long of 11 Jace Gardner two catches two yards Long a three. Then defensively, he'll lead the way. Darius Harkins, six tackles a half TFL. Marshall Washington, five tackles a half TFL. Bryce Reed, four tackles. Dead Roxley, three tackles. Uh, then the Buck High, three tackles and a pick six. Again, continuing his strong bid for an all conference season. 
But Isaiah Wright encountered freshman linebacker out of Vianne, three tackles, half TFL, Zane Adams, three tackles. Uh, Hunter Large has had a nice two-game stretch here. The nose guard out of Noble, three tackles, one TFL, one sack. They had a sack last week against Lincoln as well. This is a very athletic big man uh, that, that can get off blocks quick. Uh, as you remember, as you watched that film or you listened to me on the signing day, of 2020, I said that the film was just immaculate. He had amazing get off there, and and I'm looking forward to his uh, growth here because it, it is it's very good start to his career. Michael Slater, who was back in the lineup, he missed the Lincoln game with the ankle that he injured against Northwest Missouri. Uh, three tackles, one TFL. Did arguably his best game of the season to this point. Uh, Mike Pope Jr. out of Dell City, two tackles, two TFLs, one sack. Uh, he was really a force all game for Northeastern State. Uh, they, when they ran on his side, they, they they did not get that much. So I'm glad to see Mike Pope Jr. maybe have a breakout game. Hopefully, can build off this moving forward. John Smith, the four, two tackles. Kobe Stevens had the tough assignment of guarding Mark Whelan for most of the game. Uh, he did give up the, the touchdown, but I thought he had a really good second 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 half there. Uh, really kind of a limited Mark Whelan. Most of Mark yards came in the first half, so uh, I, I do want to give credit where credit is due there to Kobe for the second half that he had. Uh, finished with two tackles, Noah West, two tackles, Robert Fuentes, two tackles, one TFL. This is the guy that just brings on every single player during college transfer out of Texas, long and rangy. Um, uh, Jonathan Mosey, one tackle, Malik Gray, one tackle, and that deflection that led to the buck high pick six. Dantes Fagan, one tackle, Montre Huval, one tackle, half TFL. Rayquan Wicks, one tackle, Trayvon Craig, tackle and pick, pretty much put me on the coffin. And that, 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 I want to give credit with credit is due also to Trayvon Craig. You're talking, you're, talking, you're talking about a guy here out of Milwaukee uh, that was a special teamer mainly in 2019. 19 and to go from that to I think being the only corner to start in every game uh, really just says a lot about his growth and development with, with, uh, in, in the in the East system uh, he, he's been solid this year and with coverage uh, blitzing wise he's probably about the best best blitzing corner so far I believe he has a sack or two on the season a uh, solid tackler uh, uh, just, I'm, I've been I've been surprised I've Honestly, opening day when Trayvon Craig was starting just because of where he was last time, he, uh, he still had, had played. So to see him go from special teamer to starting corner here, uh, I'm, I'm really glad for him. So I do want to give him a shout out on that because that is a huge jump. 
But then Joseph Rock one tackle and then two or four. I want to call him Big V from now on. Also have one tackle as a guy I'm still extremely high on because that tape of him out of Poto was uh, extremely, extremely good. A punting the ball, both Phelps, four punch, averaging 39.2 yards a punt, a long of 46, one inside the 21 touchback. And then by Zell on the turns, uh, on punch, which was all he had, six for 57, long 23, almost broke one. I think he ran to the back of his defender. I mean, not defender, of his blocker. Uh, and, it, and it cost him there. Then on a kick return, Marquise King won for 14. And Josh, no, Josh Moore won for 14. Marquise won for 17. All of them, but you know, the two that while there was a Corvetto kicking, it was not Alex, it was his brother, true freshman, Nicky Corvetto, who kicked, I think, the last couple of extra points in the Lincoln game. Uh, he came on and did a very solid job of kicking there on Thursday. But just again, all around, complete dominant game, which, let's be honest here, I think most of us kind of saw this coming. Uh, while North, Northeastern State is improving, I have to give them credit where credit is due. They finally have won their first games for the first time in over two years. Uh, you have to give them credit on that on that, on that, that front. They were more competitive. Uh, I felt that, I felt that offensively, it, you know, when they could block, which was very rare, it seemed, uh, they were able to get some, to get some things going. Again, uh, Mark Whelan out of Haskell, one of the, one of the better receivers in the conference, uh, I was worried about him coming coming in, and he did get hit. I think he had a buck 26 and a touchdown on nine catches. But Yusio did a great job of limiting everybody else. As I said, in the ground game, they got next to nothing. Uh, they, they, they pressured Grant Elric the whole game was led to some bad passes there, uh, and they, they, they did not allow Northeastern State to really get in front of the chains much either, uh, second and third down the longs, and, and and so I just, again, I, I can't say enough there about the defensive line. Uh, really, the, the, the front seven, uh, Hoover, Liza Wright, Jason Harris, I think he was hurt. I saw him in street clothes, uh, but, but, but again, that that the whole front seven unit and the safety duo of Buck High and Marshall Washington, uh, I feel like are really, really there at this moment. I, I I'm confident with them game in and game out. It's corners. I'm still somewhat concerned with. We just gotta. We had to get that person. You were hoping that Daniel Bauman would take that, would take that the next step this year. He had a breakout sophomore season after a rough retro freshman season, and that has not happened yet. Now, there's still time. still about half the season left to go. We just hope someone, two guys can emerge. It, uh, you know, the way Kobe's playing right now, he gives up some, but uh, the, 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 the second half that he had, I, I commend him on that because it'd be easy to 
to get to get to get down on yourself, especially after that drive for the half, uh, where he he was the main target. So to come out in the second half, do what he did there, so kill with confidence and poise, really says a lot about him. I believe he is a freshman out of out of out of Woka. I I I, I just, I'm going to give him credit on that front. Then offensively, the offensive line continued do what they're doing. Uh, it is it's going to make life easier for whoever is a quarterback, uh, whether it's Keith or Stephon, because the running back unit is top-notch. I mean, again, you got Peyton Scott, really hard to find, shifty. Uh, you've got Jace Gardner, just absolute beast of a running back. And then Tucker Polly can also run you over two. And uh, so pretty good, solid awareness on that on the touchdown run against uh, Emporia. Uh, wait, was, it, was, it, was it him? It was, no, that was, that was Jace. But he had one against uh, Lincoln. So great sideline balance there. So a very good three-headed backfield there. Uh, and then again in the in the past game, you know, obviously not having Diego was hurting uh, because then the Marquise is the main deep threat. Uh, but if, if we can ever get Diego back, that will also be a plus. But I'm I'm glad the way here they got Marquise involved more, uh, sweeps, uh, motions, and, and and so the more touches. We can get more keys now. He's gonna be a guy we're gonna get the ball to uh, fifteen times a game, but you know. It, 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 it at least give him enough to keep the defense, make sure they have to account account for him. Uh, hopefully, like I said, Josh Moore, it, it, that this is the start of a good stretch for him. I know he was, he was, he was, he was banged up some last year, and I, I, I'm hoping here uh, that, that that this continues. Uh, and then, like I said, we can get Dante some more catches, some more opportunities. I think will just be be better for everybody. So again, now you see it's three and three on the season. Um, that Missouri Southern loss right now it, it is unfortunate. That's costing them a winning record at this point in time. But uh, like I said, there's still time, and you know, it, th- three and three back to five hundred. There's anything's possible here. You know, you run the table, sitting at eight wins again. You get eight wins in the MI in, in this conference round is guaranteed a bowl game. Okay, if not a shot at the playoffs. So still a lot to play for here. And that starts this week against a very good Fort Hayes State team. Now, if you be looking at Fort Hayes, uh, their the three and three record to me is misleading. They had some tough losses here, including last week. Well, I guess this past week, Saturday, a 23-20 overtime loss to four and two Wasburn, who's quietly becoming one of the better teams in the conference. Before Hayes State, still a good team. They had a tough loss to a ranked Kearney team, a tough loss to Northwest Missouri State. Uh, it's just still a very good, good ball club. Um, actually had six sacks in the loss against Wasburn. Uh, looking at the stats, though, uh, they had 21st down, 67 yards rushing, 2.5 yards of carry uh, through the air, 318 yards, 386 total yards of offense on third downs. 
Stepping a 15, a 101 on 4, 3 or 4 in the red zone. Like I said, had six sacks on the day. Uh, two or three on field goals. One of them was in the block. Uh, uh, then for Washburn, 21st downs, 75 yards rushing, 2.1 yards a carry. So again, uh, if you recall 2019, uh, Fort Hay State was very big and physical on both lines. That seems to be the case, at least defensively here. Uh, 282 yards passing, uh, 357 total yards offense. They allowed 8 of 16 on third downs, 2 of 4 on fourth, 2 of 2 in the red zone, and then they allowed 3 sacks. Looking at the individual leaders here, Chance Fuller is the third-year starter. I was very solid last time UCL played them. He does not wow you. Uh, he he just, just gets the job done. He's kind of similar to Keats, maybe a tad bit more mobile to Keats. Uh, 6'3", 195 out of Texas. He was 27, 37, 319, two touchdowns long of 55. Then on the ground... They're led by Adrian Soto, six foot two hundred sophomore on the season, four hundred and seventy-seven yards and six touchdowns. He had twelve carries for forty yards. Uh, then you have the battle quarterback. I guess it was their version of Stephon Brown. Voshan Waiters, 6'2", 230, 69 yards, two touchdowns on the season, 18 yards on two carries against Washburn. And then finally here, Keelan Chapman, big 5'11", 220-pounder, his 79 yards on two touchdowns on the season, seven, seven carries for 16 yards against Washburn. And then Fuller had six Attempts for 10 yards, but he lost 17, so negative 7 because of the sacks. And then looking out wide, now this is a unit here that had two big physical receivers and it graduated, thankfully, uh, because they, they, they were, that was a big physical bunch, and, and I remember that caused UCO a lot of problems. That in the wheel route, they had a running back, I forget his name, was I think it was Charles something, uh, that was a beast on the on the wheel route. So this is a Fort Hayes team that has lost some talent, but it's still a very good, good, very good Fort Hayes State team. Uh, leading receiver, uh, at least against Washington with 108 yards and a touchdown on five catches long of 55, is 6'3", 220 junior Joss Okuchuwiku. Uh, again, big physical guy here. They have a couple of guys and big physical guys. Uh, what concerns me again for the secondary, especially defensive the corners. Again, I just I worry about that um, because it, 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 you know I know we have bigger corners, but there's still concerns me. I was not still the uh, North Interstate game. It didn't really ease my mind much there. And then you have Manny Ramsey. I remember him from last time. Five eleven, one ninety five, junior on the season, four catches. 475, two touchdowns. He had seven for 85 long, 35 against Washburn. Then tight end Hunter Budke, 6'2", 240, junior, 27 catches, 403 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, he had a score against Washburn along six catches, 53 yards. Uh, and then you have Montero 
Birchfield, another big physical dude, 6'2 to 25, senior, 15 catches, 259, and one touchdown. He had two for 27. It's Washburn, and then uh, freshman Alex Shermer. Shremer, Shermer, Shremer, 5'10", 170, 12 catches, 162, and three scores on the season. Had three catches for 26 yards. Uh, again, this is a, it, three of the top five are 220 and bigger. Uh, all of them are 6'2 and taller. So this is a big physical receiving group. Uh, that might cause some problems. It's going to be key that the defensive line is able to get pressure again. And Fort Hayes allowed three three sacks. So maybe the offensive line is, is worse than it was last time. Granted, you see the defensive line was not, not, not the best at that point in time. So, uh, you know, we're going to need again Coach Shannon's unit to come away with another stellar performance. Then defensively for... Fort Hayes leading tackler uh, on, uh, against Washburn. Well, two of them were both linebackers and both freshmen. Uh, you have Miles Menegas, 6'4, 230 on the season, 43 tackles, four and a half TFLs, one sack against Washburn, 14 tackles, one TFL, one sack. Then fellow freshman linebacker John Johnson, 6'3", 210 on the season, 24 tackles, half TFL, one forced fumble. He had 14 tackles and a half TFL against Washburn. Then the other two players of note on that defense, junior DB, Jimon Preston, 5'10", 190 on the season, 37 tackles, one and a half for loss. One for stumble and one block kick. So it was imperative that special teams unit bring their A game here. Uh, he had 10 tackles against Washburn. And then finally, your senior defensive lineman, Jarvis Sanders, six foot 270, four and a half tackles, three sacks on the season, two of which came against Washburn. So, again, a very physical front for Fort Hayes. Uh, the offensive line, I let, like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, this is going to be a true test to see how 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 much they actually have improved over the past couple of weeks because playing Fort Hayes is a whole different animal than playing Northeastern State and Lincoln. So if they can hold their own against Fort Hayes, then I think we're really seeing some true progress there and hopefully it's just something that we can build off of moving forward. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and you know, you know, again, UCL can get the ground game going, make life easier for Keats and and, and Stefan back there. And also run run clock, keep keep defense fresh to really help defensively again and we imperative we get a pass rush. Uh Kirby Walker was able to stifle the run game there. I think only about two two and two and a half yards of carry for four eight. So if you can make them uh one dimensional, you're able to get the get the pass rush. But we're also help up about the secondary tremendously, especially the corners against this big physical group of wide receivers. So uh it'll be another very stiff test for him, but looking forward to it. 
Uh, both teams sitting at three and three on the season. Both teams will still have, have, have a lot to play for. So should be a good one. I believe it's a 7 p.m. kickoff uh, down there in Fort in uh, Fort Hayes. So uh, watching that game on the MIAA Network. And hopefully we come back on here again next next week talking about another UCL win. So uh, tell that time. I know this episode was kind of kind of short, but there's not a whole lot to talk about. Ain't no Eastern State game because it was just such a dominant performance, similar to the to the Lincoln game. Uh, just you know, it, uh, uh, again, I'm glad they came out. There's two games in a row now that they, they came out. You, you, uh, you, they came out and put the foot down, wasted no time jumping on them there. And that's what you want to see because, again, that had been lacking since the season opener. Uh, but again, I'm pleased with the growth of the offensive line. I'm pleased with the, with the continued success of the defense front. And hopefully, both of those continue moving, moving forward. So, like I said, me back next week. Uh, until then, my name is Jonathan Vittle, aka Dreams Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.